Importance Stephen Bountiful Orchard 439B was falling to his death. This was not suicide or even accidental. It was the culmination of his fears and anxieties caused by his place in the system. How it judged his value as a person and whether it would choose to save his life if put to the test. At the moment it seemed to be failing that exact test miserably. These feelings started simply. Something a co-worker told him casually at work made him worry. After a day, his worry had turned into doubt. By the end of the week, that doubt then became a fear that slowly grew into crippling paranoia. He could hide it well enough, to prevent any mental health warnings from being triggered. If detected there would be medication, probably the dreaded become, that the system would administer immediately to stop these dangerous thoughts. He knew that. It might have been just what he needed to save him from his current gravity-induced peril. But then he would have never known the truth. Nothing so profound like a cosmic or universal truth. Just a decision made in software, which made it feel that much worse. Impossible for him to accept. The air was rushing past his head, and he began to black out. I saw the code. I am telling you it's true," said Alan Fragrant Pines 211C, the man who had been his daily lunch companion for months. Are you serious? Eventually, the system will have to make an impossible decision that its logic can't resolve. So they put human judgments or heuristics into the system intelligence to deal with those problems. Something like, save one life instead of losing two. Unfortunately for you, Bountiful Orchard is a family-biased residence. So the kids live and you die. Alan explained, taking another bite of his pressed meat sandwich. Enmity systems have virtually eradicated violent crime, fatal accidents and all unregistered suicides. So the only thing I have to fear is inside the system itself. Or what some guy has decided is the system's opinion of me, I mean. How I am valued in its code, said Stephen. He pushed away what remained of his lunch. I feel you are taking this worse than if I said you were a synthetic created for harvestable organs for the original Stephen. His lunch partner joked as he swallowed his last bite and was getting up to leave. They do that? Stephen asked, horrified. Of course not. Alan said. He looked closely at Stephen. Are you okay? Yeah. Sorry Alan, said Stephen. It's hard to explain, but that just bothers me. I can't get it straight in my head. You could ask for a transfer to one of the elderly residences. I guarantee no one under 10 years old survives those places," said Alan. He stood up and threw his balled-up sandwich wrapper playfully at Stephen's face. See? You aren't even safe at your job. System protect me. Why hast thou forsaken me? Alan smiled at Stephen and walked away. See you tomorrow, if you live that long. I need to see it, he told him. Stephen had been waiting anxiously for him before lunch the next day. Need to see what? Stephen, you look terrible. Alan said. I couldn't stop thinking about what you said yesterday. The code, the proof, whatever you saw. The parameter at Bountiful Orchard that somewhere says Stephen equals expendable. I need to see that. He said. Oh that. Okay. I didn't, actually, see anything. I talked to a guy that said he used to work on the system heuristics for Enmity. He is the one who saw the code and told me about it. Alan admitted. What? You didn't really see it. Who did? What's his name? Stephen demanded. It was Dave. 
or Dexter. Something like that. Remember when Enmity did the workstation overhaul and we all got new access terminals? He and I just made small talk when he was upgrading our department. Alan said. You have no idea what this is doing to me. Steven yelled. He instantly regretted his outburst and took his seat quietly, peeling the plastic film off of his insta-lunch tray. As he ate, Stephen felt the huge uncaring abyss between a co-worker and an actual friend. Michael. It's me Stephen. Yes. I know. It says that right next to your stupid face. It's been a while. How have you been? Asked Michael. Good. Good. Nothing new on my end. Just wanted to catch up. How's married life treating you? Asked Stephen. We've been married almost 10 years now, so it's probably done surprising me. But actually the other day we- Do you know our residences are allowed to kill us? Stephen interrupted. Um. Michael said. It's true. Continued Stephen. Well, maybe not you, but definitely me. Definitely not your kids. So, maybe you. If it had to choose, probably you. How many kids do you have? Two. A boy and day. Definitely me. Said Stephen. Without a doubt. A friend, actually just some guy I work with, said he saw the actual code. But then he said he never saw anything, but knew a guy that did. This guy saw the code that says kill Stephen? Asked Michael. No, but at my residence, Bountiful Orchard, the system favors kids, then parents and finally me. Unmarried men over 35. You are way over 35. Michael interrupted. Yeah, okay. But this is serious. How can I live happily in a dangerous situation like this? Any complicated incident occurs and I am the last on the list for the system to protect, Stephen said. Stephen, mate, you can't think like that. No one is out to get you. Michael told the friend he had known since they were children. Why don't you take some time off and come visit? The kids would love to meet you. That would be nice, Stephen told his friend. What is that sound in the background? Michael asked. Are you outside? Mom. Sorry to call so late. It's Stephen. Is something wrong? Did you not receive your monthly distribution? His mother asked. Her voice was a combination of concern and annoyance. Oh, no, the money is fine. I just wanted to ask you something. He said. What is it? I can barely hear you. Where are you? She started to ask. Are you disappointed with me? He interrupted. Do you wish I was married by now? With kids? Like Michael. You remember Michael, right? He has two kids. Yeah. Anyway, do you know you never hugged me? I'm sure that isn't true. She said. It is. You carried me, when I was small, and picked me up a few times, but no hugs he told her. His mother was silent. Is dad there? Stephen asked. I am sure he is asleep. We have separate units now. Remember? We couldn't get any rest sharing the same bedroom. His mother reminded him. He worked in systems design, right? Would he know anything about residence software? Stephen asked. That was a lifetime ago. I am sure that things are quite different now. I just need someone to explain this, so I can understand, Stephen said. Have you contacted the system health service? She asked. You don't sound like yourself. 
Just the mention of system health brought the blinking icon up in the corner of Steven's visor. He swiped it away as the system recorded his accessible bio data to confirm the denial of services. He continued staring past his mother's call window out at the dark, nothing past the edge of his residence perimeter. Glancing down, he saw his knees were almost touching the sensor wire that alerted the residents of anything close to the edge. He carefully moved back about half a step. Stephen? His mother said. Are you outside? Lauren? It's me, Stephen. He said to the sleepy face of the woman in the call window. Stephen? Lauren said. What time is it? Are you okay? I never felt important when I was with you, he said. It was always everything else in your life and then me. What? She said. I don't know what you're talking about. Are you outside? When you are with someone, in a relationship, you need to feel valued above everything else in their life. If you are expendable for any reason, then it doesn't work. You were important to me, Lauren said. Don't you have work tomorrow? I am figuring things out. I think I am close to an answer. When we broke up, what was more important than me? He asked her. More important? She asked, rubbing her eyes. I didn't choose someone over you if that is what you are asking. Not even someone. Did you choose your career or just your happiness over being with me? He wanted to know. Um. No. Nothing like that. It just didn't work out. You needed more than I wanted to give you. So I was important to you? He asked. Yes, of course. I just told you that. She answered. What is going on? I need to know for sure, Stephen said. Not just with you. With everything in my life. I need to know my value. Not Bountiful Orchard Resident 439B. Not Stephen. What effect do I have on the world? What would be lost if I am gone? Don't do anything stupid. Lauren said to him. Stephen? I have lost all trust. I don't know my place in the world, he said. Someone somewhere has made a decision about the value of my life and they are keeping it from me. I need to force the system to tell me. Stephen stepped over the sensor wire at the edge of the residence perimeter and fell into nothing. Right before he fell unconscious, he hit something. Face first, he was falling into some type of fabric. It was like the strangest sweater he had ever felt. Coarsely woven, but made of unbelievably soft fibers. His freefall gradually and painlessly stopped. A safety net? Stephen thought. Stephen nuzzled into the embrace of the emergency safety netting. A moment of perfect tranquility. The system held him as sirens began sounding and emergency transport units were summoned. stories. This story was brought to you by the Enmity Corporation. For more stories, please visit EnmityCorp.com or subscribe on your preferred podcast platform.